to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. This week, we are talking about something all of us have experienced, but most of us have difficulty talking about. Grief is a tough subject, and it can be even more difficult when trying to manage it with children. After the sudden death of her husband, Ashley Buggy found herself not only raising two toddlers, but planning for the birth of her third child, but also trying to help them live in a world that had been suddenly consumed with grief. Unable to find books that spoke about grief in kid terms, she and her kids wrote a remarkable book titled, A Hui Ho, Until We Meet Again. This week, Ashley is here to discuss how to talk to your child about grief and loss, help them understand their feelings, and live a happier life. Ashley, welcome to Momnificent. Oh, thank you so much for having me. That was quite the introduction. I appreciate it. Thank you. This book was inspired by the death of your husband. Can you give us a little bit of that story and how the book came about? Yeah, so my husband, Brian, uh, was an officer in the U.S. Navy. Uh, We were stationed at Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, and we had lived there less than a year, Um, but we had spent our time the years before that in Gig Harbor, Washington, so in the Pacific Northwest, um, sailing, scuba diving, living this really beautiful, adventurous life. We brought two kids home to that home in Gig Harbor, um, Izzy and Hudson. And then when he got orders for Hawaii, we had spent a lot of time there as a family. Um, And so we were so excited to move to Hawaii and uh, we got the orders and Brian sailed our sailboat over to Hawaii. And I packed up the kids in our house and moved us over to Hawaii and met him over there. Um, And Long story short, we suffered two miscarriages in that time, Um, but Christmas morning, 2017, we found out we were pregnant with our youngest, Adeline, and um, just really excited to be living in paradise with our beautiful family near the water, doing all these activities, things that we love. Um, And while I was six months pregnant, Brian was in a scuba diving class, um, a specialty scuba diving class on a, it's called a rebreather. Um, and left for the morning, uh, same morning as any other morning, kissed me goodbye, said he'd call me at noon when he was out. And a few hours later, uh, I received an, a phone call from just an unknown number. It was Sunday morning, lazy morning with the kids. The kids were next to me, um, didn't think anything of it, answered the phone and unfortunately got the news that he was in the hospital. There was a diving accident. Um, and through a whirlwind few hours later found out he did not survive that accident. So, um, with Hudson and Izzy in the car uh, with a complete stranger, someone from the dive shop, uh, and myself six months pregnant with our youngest, I got that news and just my world came crashing down. Everything changed in that instant. And, um, you know, the first, one of the first questions after I kind of started to come to 
come to uh, was how am I supposed to tell my one and three-year-old children who also kiss their dad goodbye that he's not coming home? And how do I tell them it's because he died? And how do I explain what death is? And how do I explain what forever is? And that we're never going to get to see him again. And, um, you know, it was just this roller. I'm suffering through my own roller coaster of emotions in dealing with this, that I've just lost my partner and my husband and my best friend and my future as I knew it. And the father of my unborn child. And now I'm managing with my own emotions. And now I need to go manage the emotions of my one and three-year-old. So, um, yeah, it was, it was the worst of the worst for sure. Uh, and then this book kind of came about, it took a few years, uh, for us to get to the point, but really pretty immediately after, you know, my question was, how do I explain these concepts to them? Um, and you know, I had friends and family looking online and we're not a religious family and everything online that we could find was more or less based either in religion or, you know, talking about animals losing their animal parent or fuzzy creatures talking about an afterlife. And that's not how I'm raising my kids. And those aren't the concepts that I want my kids to understand as they grow up. I want them to understand life and death and grief and emotion and, um, you know, what I consider real life. And so there was nothing out there for me to use as a resource to help guide not only myself, but them through that. And so, um, yeah, Hui Ho was born from that of, of needing something to channel our energy into, to give my kids a tangible representation of what they've gone through. Um, and then secondary to give other families who might not want to, um, explain these concepts through fuzzy animals or religious, um, connotations to these families as well. So, Yeah. And you started a blog sort of on or around that time that kind of the book came out of where you went back to it to pull pieces out of it that helped you write the picture book. Isn't that right? Yeah. So as soon as he passed away, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I've never been a writer. (laughs) I all through college, my professors were like, this is terrible academic writing. You're too colloquial. This is, this is trash. And, um, (laughs) so I had zero confidence as a writer, but I also had all of these emotions inside of me and I needed an outlet to pour them into and, you know, going through grief and the death of a loved one, you go to some really dark places. And I knew that if I didn't try to channel these emotions into something that I would get lost in them. And I was quite honestly, I was scared for that. So I started writing, um, And then I felt if I wrote everything down and I published it, that would make it real. That would mean other people were reading it and could see where I was at and um, understand how hurt I really was and um, just give me this outlet. And so, yeah, I started this blog and I just started writing and it wasn't for anybody else other than myself to capture where I was at so that the next day I could look back and be like, okay, I was there, but I'm here now. That means I'm moving forward. Um, and I could capture the kids' words and their stories and their questions that they were asking about their dad and the things that they were remembering about him and our lives and um, the way that it was versus the way that it is now. And so, yeah, I took a lot of of those conversations and um, questions and funny moments and memories, you know, 
grief is so up and down. There's, you're remembering these beautiful, funny memories. And then a moment later, you're remembering you're sad because you don't have those anymore, but then you're thankful because you had them. And that's kind of what a hooey ho is, is it's the roller coaster that humans go through, but specifically told through my kids' lenses of losing their own dad. Mm. And what I love about your book is that it's told through the children's eyes and it's interactive. Even though it's a book, you ask questions and on each page you see your experience and then it's asking your child's experience. How did you decide on this format and what needed to go into it? Honestly, that's just kind of how it came to be. It's a very realistic look into our journey of dealing through grief. And, you know, kids are pretty like, I don't want to say chaotic, but they're thinking one thing. And then a second later, they're asking a question and then they're asking a question about something completely different. And then they're holding up their toy that they want you to play with. And that was really the story of, of going through this journey. And so I really wanted it to be as true to life as possible um, because other kids can relate to that and can read these, these, this book and these stories and be like, oh yeah, that's how I think. And that's how I feel. And those are questions that I would ask. And that looks like me. And those are feelings that I have. And um, I didn't want to tell people how to feel. I just wanted to show that this is how some people feel. And it's totally normal to feel that way. Yeah. And I think as they hear it, they're going to just think, oh wait, that is me. And it's okay that that's me because someone else was was there as well. But when they read a book and they can't relate to it or they're like that, I don't know what they're going through because that's not what anybody realistically faces. I think they, they don't get as much out of it. And there's so there's always been a time and a need for this. But right now, especially in this time of COVID, I mean, people have lost so many family, friends, uh, just more than we've ever experienced such tremendous loss. And so that's what strikes me, too, is that this book is universal for people anytime, um, but particularly right now. So based on your experiences with helping your kids cope with loss, how do parents even begin talking to their children that are trying to process, whether it's a loss of a parent, a grandparent, even a friend? I think, honestly, just opening the doors to that conversation, the biggest learning lesson for me through all of this and our family was just how smart these kids are, how much they're taking in, how much they're paying attention to what's going on around us, whether we're talking to them about it or not. If we're not talking to them about it, they're building their own ideas of what's happening and they're coming to their own conclusions. And we have this opportunity to step in as uncomfortable as it might be. And as you know, out of character as it might be for some of us, like, I don't know how to, to parent a child in grief, but I do know that I I understand that they're hurting and that I have an opportunity as a parent to step in and say, why are you hurting? Let's talk about this. Let's share these moments, and these memories, and let's, you can ask me questions. And I'm going to ask you questions and just really creating a space for dialogue. And regardless of if it's, you know, familial loss or job loss or, um, you know, anything really food scarcity any anything that there's concern about i guarantee you if you're worried about it then the kids have picked up on it and you don't have to tell them everything or ask them everything but at least creating an environment where there's the ability for them to ask questions and for you to ask questions and acknowledge things that are going on around you they're they're just <laughs> so smart and perceptive and um that's what i would say to that is I know it's uncomfortable. I know that none of us have um, training in any of this, but that's not what kids care about. They care about 
feeling safe and feeling safe to ask questions. Um, and that's what I would say. And what about when you're, you're, you're feeling like you're going to cry, but you're trying to hold it in because you don't want your kids to see you cry. And, and what would you say to parents who are trying to hold it all in and not let them see it? Um, cause I know you had said something that I mentioned, I just heard earlier from you about that. Maybe you can help parents understand just what you went through with that. No, for sure. That was also another big learning lesson for me was you want to come across as the strength of pillar as pillar of strength. And, you know, you don't want your kids to see you sad or crying because then they're going to be sad. And I think to a point that that's accurate, but I also during this journey, you know, I witnessed my own daughter come into my room at one point. Um, and I had been really sad, you know, in the past few days or something. And normally I would go in the closet and close my closet door and cry it out and try to pull myself together and, and come back out. And my daughter came into my room and I could tell she was devastated or upset about something. And I started, you know, I tried, what's, what's the matter? What are you thinking about? Were you thinking about data? Were you thinking about our old house? Were you thinking about Hawaii? You know, I was trying to get some information out of her and she's, she looked at me and she's just like, mama, I'm just, I'm not going to cry. Cause I'm really strong and I'm really brave like you. And I was like, no, Izzy, you need to be able to cry. Like we need to cry when we're sad. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, she's learning from me. And I'm telling her that I can't cry because <laughs> that's not what strong people do. And it was just like another, what am I doing? Like <laughs> lesson learned. Aha. Yeah. Such an aha. It's okay to cry. And I can't say it's okay to cry for you, but it's not okay to cry for me. So now policy is in the house. If you're sad, you cry and you can do it in front of each other and it's okay. And yeah, big lesson learned. I think, you know, we want to protect our kids in any capacity. We don't ever want them to feel sad or anger or any upsetting emotion, but the reality is they're going to face it at some point in their life and we can protect them all we want, but maybe that protection needs to be that we make them feel comfortable having those emotions and working through them with someone that cares about them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that was a huge, huge lesson learned there. <laughs> and so valuable. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's going to help uh, many of us who, when we face something like that, just remember this and be like, wait, it is okay. And sometimes when we're kind of, we, we try not to be as real and open and honest with them at times to, like you said, like protect them or like, you know, hold it back a little bit, but kind of when you just are like, Hey, this is kind of how it is. Like they, it kind of helps them through it a little bit better as well. Absolutely. And lets them see that we're real people too. And we're just like them, but a bigger version of them. And yeah, it was just a really important conversation for me to have. I honestly, for me to have with her, probably the more for her to have with me, it was uh, a changer for sure. Yeah. So eye opening. Um, so, and with this book, it really is relevant for families who have lost someone other than a parent. And was that by design or did you want to do it that way? kind of both. I really wanted the kids to have, like I said, a, a platform to tell their story and, and really at the end of it, a tangible representation of their grief and of what they've gone through and how much they've grown over this time. Um, so, you know, it, it does talk about their dad and losing their dad, but I also understood that because there wasn't a place for this 
before this book of Hui Ho was out there that this could potentially affect other families too. So I really wanted to make it as inclusive as possible and really just a conversation starter for families who might be going through some type of grief or um, you know, emotional unrest, just a really good way to start having some pretty heavy conversations. Well, what a beautiful book and what a story. The insight to work on this with your children just just adds so much beautiful value to it. You've created something that's going to touch and is touching so many people's lives. I'm so glad that I got my hands on it to tell everybody that I know when the, you know when they when when they have a need for that. It's awesome to share this. Um, so thank you for coming on and sharing with us. And would you take a few minutes to read us your book? Yeah, for sure. That would be, <laughs> be awesome. awesome. <laughs> I know it's hard to get like not teared up sometimes, you know, I talk to a lot of people and I talk about the kids in the books, but every once in a while, just thinking about these kids, you know, at one and three years old and the conversations that we really had, you know, you pick a book up off the shelf and you read it and you're like, oh, that's a sad story or, oh, that's a happy story. But I, I do that. And then I'm like, wait, but this is our story. This was literally what we went through. And just every once in a while, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I know it's not easy reliving it again in a sense, but it's very special. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to take a sip of water. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Isabel. My friends call me Izzy, so you can call me Izzy too. This is my little brother, Hudson, and my baby sister, Adeline. We call her Addie. Do you have a favorite toy? My brother, Hudson, never goes anywhere without his favorite stuffed animal, Bear. I'm a big girl, but I still have a favorite pink blanket I like to fall asleep with. I think Addie is too little to have a favorite yet. Izzy, what about her little bear? Hudson, shh, I'm trying to tell a story. Sorry about my little brother. He's still learning his manners. Our dad had passed away a long time ago. We miss dad. He was so silly. Have you lost someone too? We were in Hawaii when our dad died. We had been waiting in the car forever. Mama was crying and ran inside a building with bright red lights. I thought that people must go there when they get hurt because there was doctors inside. Look, an ambulance, I said. Hudson, cover your ears. Do you like flashing lights? Addie started crying. I thought she must be hungry. Mama was inside the building for a long time. I wanted to go home. I didn't like how that place made me feel. We're home, Hudson cheered. But Mama seemed really sad. I thought she must need a hug. Izzy, when is Dada coming home, Hudson asked. I don't know, Hudson. Dada always came home for dinner when it was still blue outside, but it was getting dark. I hoped he would be home for dinner. I knew he'd be really hungry. I went to look out the window for him. Mama said she needed to talk to us. She looked so sad. I squeezed her hand so she wouldn't be sad anymore. I want to sit next to Mama, I said. Hudson, scoot over. When I was sad, my dada told me that I'm super brave. I told Mama to be brave too. Mama told us that Dada swallowed too much water when he went scuba diving. Now he will be diving forever. Dada loves diving, Hudson said. Mama said it was an accident. Dada didn't mean to drink that much water. 
She said, he wants to come home, but he can't. He passed away. Drinking ocean water sounded icky. It's so salty. Grandma and grandpa came to visit. For the next few days, a lot of people kept coming to visit us. I didn't know why they all looked so sad. Did they miss Dada? I was kind of sad too. I still really miss my Dada. Our visitors brought us new toys. Look, Izzy Hudson told me. Hudson, did you say thank you, I asked him. Izzy, when's Dada coming home, he wanted to know. I want to show him my new train. Dada has been diving for many days now. Has it been forever yet? No, Hudson, forever is a really long time. We went to Dada's funeral. I liked the pretty dress I wore. Dada would have liked it too. I spun around. Hudson, is Bear really brave like me, I asked my brother. Oh yes, and me too, Izzy, he told me proudly. I like to look at pictures of my Dada. We had so many fun memories together. There's a picture of Dada on the stage. The picture is from the day we went to the beach and built sandcastles together. In the picture, Dada is smiling and I wanna smile back. But sometimes when I see it, I cry because I miss him. Mama tells me it's okay to be sad. I want to have a special picture of just me and Dada to hang on my wall so I can remember him. Hudson and Addie, do you want one for your wall too? My favorite thing was when Dada made me laugh. What's your favorite memory of your Dada? Hudson and Addie are so little, they kept asking when Dada's coming home. So Dada can't come home, they said? Even I miss him a whole lot? I'm the oldest and super brave, so I tell them he had an accident and can't come home, but we'll miss him forever. We look at pictures and I tell them stories of how silly Dada was. I especially like to show Addie pictures of Dada because they make her happy and I like to see her smile. Her giggles make me laugh. Dada, Addie, that's right, that is our Dada. Addie's a baby, so she can't do much. She's not a good walker yet, but she's getting better every day. I'm gonna teach Addie all about Dada. Dada used to tell me how all the animals in the ocean are our friends. His favorites were the sea turtles, octopi, and dolphins. But can I tell you a secret? I know Dada is diving forever, but I'm scared for him to be in the ocean with some of those animals. Today, Hudson, Addie, and I have to gift our lays to the ocean so we can say goodbye to Dada. I tell them about it. Hudson, Addie, I want Dada to get my flowers, but what if a shark gets them? What if Dada gets eaten by a shark? I'm scared for him. Then I imagine a shark out in the ocean. Aloha, he says. A shark, Hudson screams. Hudson, Addie, run, I yell. Wait, the shark tells us. I'm not here to hurt you. You're not, I ask him. No, kids, he tells us. I'm just here to tell you that you don't have to be scared for your dad. He's part of the ocean now and we will look after him forever. You know my dada, Hudson asks. Can you tell him we love him and we miss him? Of course, and anytime you miss him, you come to the ocean and look out here and know he loves and misses you too. We love you, Dada. Ahoy ho. And I love the title because it's not what we know, like all call us on the mainland, right? Like we say goodbye, but but only if you're in Hawaii do you know that that is, that is what they say. And I think that also is just a, a beautiful uh, a spin on the whole book. Yeah, I, we really, all of us really wanted it to have roots in Hawaii. That was where Addie was created. That was where we lived. That's where Brian passed away. We, we left a part of our heart and our family on that island when we moved off of it. 
um, some of our best memories as a family were made on that island. And so it was really important um, to have it centered around not only the island, but the water and the imagery of the ocean animals. And, um, you know, in Hawaiian culture, the ocean looks out for you. And, um, you know, he might have been lost to the ocean, but now he's a part of it forever. And, um, you know, while we're not religious or spiritual, there is a part of, of calmness that comes with knowing he's in his happiest place. And that was where he got to be uh, when he passed away. So things like that, yeah, were just really important to bring into the story for us. So beautiful. So leave us with one thing today, like maybe a mom is listening and maybe she's lost someone or um, someone's listening, they've lost a loved one and maybe they have kids and they're dealing and navigating with that. What's, what's one or two things you can just leave them with on a note of hope or encouragement, or they can just feel supported from, from listening to this today? Yeah, I would say um, kind of same as when you're hurting or when you're sad, um, you know, you, you want to power through and you want to get through things yourself. Um, but to lean into people when you need help or when you feel like you just don't have it in you whether you lost someone or your child lost someone, there's a lot of hurt going on. So I would say, um, you know, lean into your kids and uh, open up those conversations. And if they're older and they say they're fine or they don't want to talk about it, um, you know, my best advice would be to don't let them get away with that. And uh, same as sometimes we don't want to talk about it right then doesn't mean we don't want to talk about it ever. So to keep coming back to those conversations, um, and just really make it an open, welcoming space and make sure everyone knows um, that everybody is hurt and everybody is sad, but you can come together and you can get through it. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. This is a very, very special gift that you've given and created that I know will just keep on giving for generations to come. Um, it's like an investment that you gave that your family experienced, but you're now giving it to those um who are going to need it today, tomorrow, even even after us. So on behalf of everyone who picks up this book and might not return back to you to say thank you, I'm just going to say a huge thank you on behalf of all of them. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me and giving me this platform to share our story. I really appreciate it. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.